I told you, I told you at some point I'm going to find in this weekend because we got to get a podcast popping and it's here and it's super early morning, daylight savings, Sunday, it's time to pod. Welcome to the Sick Palette Podcast. I am your host, Deepa Shreeder. Um, we did get a bunch of new subscribers and that makes me super, super happy. And a lot of them are younger subscribers, uh, specifically from one particular college from my college, Austin college. And that is because, and there's a reason why my voice sounds like this is because, um, I just finished traveling back to Dallas uh, then to Sherman, Texas, to my alma mater, it was homecoming, uh, to Austin College. And I haven't been to Austin College in like, I want to say like 12, maybe 13, maybe 14 years. Um, and the reason why I was there, me and my sister were on a panel, uh, which was very intimidating to be on. I've been on many panels before, but there was something about going back to your college, having to speak to students who are in the thick of it, right? They're trying to figure out what happens next after these four years. And I... uh, To me, I, I just didn't see myself as the ideal candidate for that. Um, So it was really special and amazing, amazing, amazing um, group of panelists that I got to share that moment with. Um, All super impressive. And uh, it was just so cool to connect with a whole new uh, group of students and just see where their mind is at. And it is true, y'all. This generation is smarter than us. It, it just is. And that's a good thing, right? We just, we don't want to be, we don't want to be, we don't want to be smarter than, than whatever came before. So this is correct. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just wild to see. It was wild to sort of um, be in a position where essentially your quote unquote, successful. I thought about that the other day. I was like, am I successful? I have no idea. To me, I'm, I'm not. And then I thought about the fact that maybe I'm never going to be successful, right? According to me, according to myself, uh, because the goalpost keeps getting further. And you know how you know the goalpost keeps getting further? The things that two years ago would have been so important to me. It's just now it's just sort of incidental. And I thought that was really interesting. And I was like, well, maybe that first thing we can talk about measurements of of success. And there's a lot out there, like a whole lot. And I know this isn't necessarily food related, but I do think this is chef related. So that's how we're going to get through it for this first thing. Okay. Um, and that being that 
your measurement of success is changing every year. It just is. And therefore, it's not a uh, reliable piece of measurement. And by the way, I think it's a necessary piece of uh, measurement that you should have in your life philosophically, but I don't think it's reliable. Does that make sense? It's, it's necessary for everyone to have an, a mindset of like, this is what would make my year successful. I have no idea what that means to anybody. And I think it's good that the goalposts keep changing, but I also think there should be an acknowledgement of it. I'll give you case in point. I think maybe like a month ago, um, the Food Network channel, essentially, uh, they on, on Instagram, they basically uh, re-showed on their grid, you know, an old Food Network video I had made. Um, and I, I, to me, I feel so far different from that person. Not in a bad way, not in a good way, no, nothing like that. You know what I mean? Like I'm, um, I'm showing a recipe that I, I still think is a bomb recipe. It was, um, it was for a Carnatic, uh, Carnatic style of chicken, roasted chicken. Um, by the way, look it up. The recipe is bomb and not to brag, but only five stars on Food Network. So uh, do what you will with that. Um, but you know, having the Food Network put me on the main grid for the second time, that would have been so, so, so important. I would have highlighted it. I would have really gone, you know, nuts about it. But because I feel like who I am today and the kind of video and the kind of production I'm interested in making has nothing to do with that style anymore. Not that that style is, there's anything wrong with it. It's just, I, I, I realized that now once you do that, once you do that thing that you think, oh my God, I can't believe I'm on the food network or whatever, it's, you realize at the end of the day, the pay is still the same. You know, you're going to get, you're going to get a slew of new followers for sure, which is always going to be helpful when you're in this game of creative, but it's, it's not that, um, prevalent in all the things I'm doing right now in this moment. And that was crazy for me to reflect on because as soon as it came out, I was like, wait, wait, why am I, why am I gaining a, a lot of followers today? And then I saw the tag and then I saw, and I was like, oh, wow. Uh, first I looked up the video and I was like, wow, I feel unrecognizable in that video. Um, just my appearance, you know? And then the other thing was, um, the comments, right. Where there was like, <laughs> it's very hard to be an Indian, uh, chef creator, whatever you want to call it on the internet, because you have so many different kinds of Indians, uh, looking at you and being like, that's not how you do it. It'll be like people, not even from that region of that style of recipe that I'm making. And they'll be like, well, this is crazy. Why would you do it like this? Um, 
First off, I never make an authentic recipe. That's number one. Number two, I'm sorry. I never make a traditional recipe. That shit is authentic. Um, but number two is uh, then they get corrected by other common commentators on the actual like recipe where they'll be like, well, this is how they make it in Karnataka, actually. They do use jaggery or whatever it is. And I thought that was so funny. And then you just see like a bunch of people you don't know fighting in the comments about whether or not this recipe makes sense and then how South Indian the other person is. And then you realize it's all just nonsense. It's nonsense. It's nonsense trying to live up to being something that other um, other Indians think this is the one true recipe because if you if you are Indian, you know that first off, we we don't go by written recipes. So what was true in your household probably isn't true in someone else's. We are we are really a country that is filled with nuance, filled with regionalism. It's what makes it so cool, but also makes it so frustrating at times. Um. And and that's what it is, right? Even within South India, there is a whole lot of regionalism, and and we are so um, we we don't even know what the other subset of our culture is doing. We just don't. So then that's why we're like, that's not how you make that. This is how you make this. It's just whatever. That's a side note. But one, but that would have really bothered me, too. That was the other thing. Two years ago, if I saw people criticizing a bit. And by the way, most of the comments were positive. But if you see that one criticism, it would have put me in a tailspin. It would have. And I realized without me, me adding that as my like measurement of success, there was success there in the fact that I didn't care. I didn't care about the video. I'm grateful for the video. Let me be very clear. It's not like a, oh, I don't care this happened. It's just more of like, it didn't, it didn't change my day. Does that make sense? I'm always grateful for some shine. I always will be. Thank you so much. Thank you, Food Network. Thank you, whoever made that decision. Very kind of you. But it didn't, it didn't change the temperature of my day, which was significant in, in me reflecting in it. And the other thing is the comment section didn't hold me hostage, which was also significant. And to me, I realized there's some success in that, that there was no mental hold on what a bunch of strangers on the internet were saying, good or bad. There was a mental hold on one thing, right? I will say this. Let me tell you what my new measurement of success was. Okay? Tiffany Thiessen, who played Kelly Kapowski, say with the bell, and she does like a bunch of chef, chefy things these days, liked the post. And growing up, Garland, Texas, in the 90s, say by the bell, absolutely. Say by the bell was the shit. And I so badly wanted to be Kelly Kapowski because 
She had the really long brown hair. It was thick like mine. And she inspired the ponytail that I basically still have to this day, which is a side ponytail. Also, my hair just only goes to like a one angle of a side for a ponytail. That's just what it is. Um, but, but a lot of my early hairdos were very Kelly Kapowski-esque. So her liking the recipe, that was a sign of success in 2023 for me. <laughs> and yes, all you new Austin College kiddos that are like listening to the podcast, just know I'm old. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's my first thing. Your measurement of success is necessary, but ever-changing and an unreliable narrator in your life. All of those things can be true. Oh my gosh. All right, let's get on to to thing number two. Thing two. Guys, it's officially Diwali week. And I am so excited. You know, um, it has been, it's been one of those things where every year I was, you know, when I was working on my supper clubs, I would want to make something, you know, Diwali themed happened. Or if you're South and in Diwali, listen, it's not that I'm a megalomaniac yet. <laughs> but in the South, we do say Diwali, okay? That's why I was named Diwa, okay? That's it. It just happens to be my name, but it is Diwali. And it also sounds cooler, I think, than Diwali. Also, that way you can avoid like when like Americans say like Diwali. I hate that. Diwali. It's Diwali. I know it's spelled with that W. Don't remember a W when you ever see it. Most of the time, there's a couple exceptions. Most of the time when you see a W pertaining to anything Indian, turn that W into a V. And maybe in your head you're saying, well, Diba, that's not our fault. Okay, that's how the English... You guys put G's in front of N's and K's in front of... You know what the deal is, okay? It's Diwali. Va. Get that in. Or you can just say Diwali. And, and listen, you know, for what it's worth, when you do use the South Indian pronunciation and the South Indian wording of Diwali... The V is already there. We don't, we don't put that W in there to confuse you. The V is right there. That's all I'm saying. This was not the thing I wanted to, di- to discuss, but, you know, uh, it was a PSA. What I want to discuss today um, is an ingredient that I'm so excited to feature in this week's dinner series at the Training Kitchen, a.k.a. the Million Texan Kitchen, is um, marigolds. And the reason why I want to talk about marigolds is because uh, it's been pretty significantly like uh, in my brain space for for the last two weeks. So last week, guys, we did, um, we finally threw the much anticipated event with Vera Cruz, El Richwell, um, and it just it just was so fucking good. It just was. Um, seeing the amount of people that turned out, 
seeing um, how they transformed their whole restaurant into basically a marigold, like, just themed space. It was so beautifully done. I was so touched by everyone's efforts. It was really a labor of love from from the creation of making this happen and R&Ding from me and Chef Reina to the execution that the kitchen really took their time and really made something, you know, it, it, it's a lot of ingredients we threw at them. It's a lot of dishes and that kitchen, the Veracruz team really executed on a beautiful level led by Chef Gustavo. Um, and let that way allowed me and Reina to really, you know, be able to announce dishes, talk to the crowd, go back, explain what how much time they've got left, you know, be the, the sort of last voices on if a dish looks okay or not. And we were allowed to do that because of an incredible kitchen team. Really, really can't say enough about that. The bar team just really made some beautiful cocktails happen and just really the collection of women that are involved in the empire of Veracruz, it's inspiring to see. And then on top of that, when I walk in, you know, ready to help wherever I can, um, it was really amazing to see bushels and bushels of marigold. And it was really the first time I connected that idea that, wow, it's not just the flavors. It's not just the um, sort of, uh, I would like to say like the mindset of cooking. Mexican and especially South Indian cooking, it's really so similar. It's sometimes like pretty spooky how similar uh, our our food is. You know, it's just parallel lives, I would say. And then seeing the marigold garlands from the ceiling, it, it true. It just reminded me of India. I walked in and I was like, "This is this is so crazy because this is decorated, um, like in the style of Mexican culture, right? In the style of um, essentially the." Uh, what's it called? The Dia de los Muertos, right? This is a very significant time in Mexican culture. But seeing the ofrendas and basically it's a it's a marigold, you know, decoration, uh, altar. It reminded me of Navratri. It reminded me of our puja altars. It was literally just a mirror back to me. And and I really couldn't believe it. So I was like, I need to dig a little deeper because it's it's so similar. Why is it so similar? <laughs> right? We have a whole, we've got like oceans b- between us. Um, and marigolds, as as many know, um, it's it's uh, very significant in our culture, especially in Diwali. So I found this article that definitely I'll put in the notes. But basically, it explains how 
marigolds really traveled, just like tomatoes, by the way. Marigold and chilies came from Mexico to India. And it really helps figure out that connection of, you know, pre-colonial times in India, we didn't, we didn't have chilies or tomatoes or marigold. And that also made me realize that like marigolds were only prominent in India for like 400 years, but we really took to it. We understood how powerful they are. In India, I have always been told or heard, you know, why marigolds? Why marigolds during puja? Why marigolds during weddings? Why marigolds during celebration? And it, and it because two things, as Indians, we believe that marigolds have a cleansing property, which, you know, I just kind of took at face value. I said, okay. And then the other thing is that I was told is that basically this is the per- best symbol to sort of um, give as a sacrifice to God because of the scent. It's so powerful. So this, this is a perfect, p- perfect offering. The reason why we believe that, though, starts from Mexico and Central America. And it was the Spanish and the Portuguese that brought over marigolds over, according to this article, 350 years ago. It's probably around 400, 600 years ago is, is the, whenever, whenever you do the over 350 years ago and you think about when the Portuguese started to land in India and when, they first, you know, arrived in the new world. That's where I'm getting my math. Once again, I am not a historian or a mathematician. I'm a cook, but just saying, it's probably right around there. Take it up with an archaeologist. I don't know. Uh, do, is that what they do? Are they, are they uh, tracing marigold history? That's what they're doing, right? Um, <laughs> but... The reason why, uh, I I would assume that the reason why Indians have this belief of the cleansing properties and the um, significance of marigolds is because of the significance marigolds hold in Mexican and Central American cultures. So this, and it was because this the scent of a marigold helps sort of, you know, build that connection to people that have passed. When they're honoring their ancestors, it's the scent of the marigold that, that leads them back for the Day of the Dead. And isn't that so interesting that on one side of the, con- it's one side of the globe, right, people are using marigolds as like a kind of connection to talk to their ancestors and to invite them back so they can walk with them one day of the year. And then on the other side, we're using marigolds to send, send as, as an offering to our many gods. And I would also argue our, our ancestors and anyone we can get blessings, but it, it's marigolds that really help sort of make that path clear for us. And that's so wild to me, Right. And that's why when you look at Diwali celebrations, I'm now going to think about November 1st in Mexico because it looks so 
similar. And that connection, that, that connection that I keep saying, I don't know why, but there's something so eerie when it comes to Mexican cuisine and culture. And when I look at my culture, and specifically South Indian things, I think to myself, God, it's parallel. Why is it so parallel? That's incredible. And this solves a little piece of that puzzle. Little piece. There's, there's, a, there's a lot more there, but a little piece. Rest assured, this is not going to be the last of El Ritual. But speaking of marigolds, we are going to a marigold farm in Wimberley, and we're picking up a bunch of marigolds for this week. Thursday, Friday, Saturday is Deepavali Thanksgiving, a.k.a. Diwali on the farm at the training kitchen. Guys, this is a menu I put my foot in. I put both my feet in. Not, not, not like literally, figuratively. We're, we're very figurative here. It is so good. And we are putting so much effort. And honestly, so Saturday is almost sold out, but we have tickets available for Thursday and Friday. And if you're wondering, should I go? Should I not go? I would choose go, obviously, for many reasons, but also because we're going to make it so incredibly special. And it's another chance to get your blessings in, marigold style. So come join us. All right, let's get to thing three. Thing three. Thing three is is a little bit of a throwback, throwback, I guess, um, not video, episode. Not this episode. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's a really, really, really shitty time in the world. It's hard. It's hard to talk about celebration. It's hard to talk about, um, you know, the holidays. It's, it's just, it's, it's all heavy this year, right? It's just, it's heavy, 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 heavy. And I don't know when things get really heavy. I, I really do go, go towards one watering hole over and over and over. And honestly, it's why, why his passing away was so hard, especially for so many uh, people in the culinary world. It's why I wanted to be a chef. You know, um, Anthony Bourdain, I, I, he, you know, never got the, um, chance or pleasure to meet the man. But since I was like 12 years old, uh, that was who I wanted to be. That was exactly, that was the roadmap for me. Everything clicked. You know, talk about finding that mix, that medium of being able to blend genres together and to sort of create. He was the first significant chef I can think of that really, really created his own lane. It just blazed through. My God. 
And he was just so, so um, prescient on his particular opinions. They're like, a lot of them are evergreen, which is crazy. I'm sure there's a few that have not aged well, right? That's that's what time does. And um, But a lot of them are evergreen. It's wild how ahead of his time this man was. And so I implore y'all, and I'll, I'll see if I can link it. I think you have to have like a HBO Max. Uh, you have to have an HBO Max subscription. But I will link... I will link uh, his episode, his episode, uh, I think it was season two on Jerusalem. And he makes his first trip to, it's now basically like, I think over the internet, you know, uh, coined as the Gaza episode. But he, he really sort of first, you know, he talks, he talks to Israelis um, and then he goes to the West Bank and he talks to a lot of Palestinians and he cooks. And he, I mean, he eats a lot of the food and it's, it's just a really great episode to watch. And if you're trying to make sense of this, right? And it is, listen. It's a it's a lot to try to make sense of. And a lot of it is fucking heartbreaking and evil and difficult. But I will say, if you need a moment, just watch that episode. It just <sighs> humanizing humanizing um parts of the world has always been a very difficult thing when you are an American. And I'm not saying that as in like down to America. I'm very, listen, I immigrated here with my family. I'm not, I'm not of that. I'm not of that flavor where people are like, it's very internet-y to be like, America, ah, it's over. And it's like people who have honestly have never traveled anywhere. (laughs) Like that's, that's why you say things like that. You say ignorant shit like that when you, you don't, you don't also, um, you don't realize when you immigrate here, why you immigrate here, right? It's because it's the opportunities that, that hasn't changed by the way. It's important to know I'm as left as they'll come for sure. But I'm, I'm not of that ilk. That's just not what I do. I know the sacrifice my parents made. Get their family here. So I'm not saying that. I'm not. What I am saying, though, is that because of the insane powerhouse of a country and uh, some shit we've done as a country... It is hard to humanize parts of the world, right? It just is. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this from the comfort of my home in Austin, Texas. 
And that's another thing that Bourdain did so well with his show, Parts Unknown. I think the most important thing actually that he did, more than the food, more than the, you know, sort of widening of flavors, all of that was important, sure. The most important thing I think that man did was he was able to take places that just seem fuzzy in our head, right? And give them solid lines and texture. And you realize, oh shit, there's so many ways you could be a human on this planet. There's just so many ways. And my God, aren't you lucky in Austin, Texas? You get to just say, what, my, what is my opinion on it? God, I know. I'm sorry. I think three. You're like this is this is how you're ending it. But you know, uh, I'm 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 not the the sharpest tool in the shed, right? I'm not I'm not an expert in world politics. Though, let me tell you, some of those students I saw this week, whew, impressive. But what I am. What I am is somebody who has good taste in food and film and TV. And I am including Bravo in that, okay? Don't fight me on that. But yeah, so I will, I will link that episode. And I hope, I hope y'all visit it. I think, I think it's important to remember that there's a lot of humans. There's a lot of humans. And a lot of people died. Mm. Well, there's a lot to be thankful for as well. And November, this November is heavy. It just is. And I'm, I'm you know, we're going we're gonna to bring it back up, back to a... a <laughs> A more positive note before I end this podcast, but I don't know. There's a lot to be thankful for. This is this is a hard year, and I think I think that's just the texture of what our lives are going to be in these 2020s. It is every year. I think it's going to come with some heavy. It just is. It's it's there. It's right there in that temperature, and that's why you need you need those opportunities to gather a bunch of marigolds and and find some pathways for some blessings, right? So, so yeah. We do what we can and then we gather with our families, right? And then we 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 just be thankful. And we we try and get as much blessings from ancestors, from gods, from God, what however you want to do it. Atheists from the, hopefully the, you know, faith in humanity, whatever it is, it's good. It's good to renew faith. However you do it, however you put it. This was really, really preachy, this podcast episode. I don't know. I think it's the fact that I'm like, look, it's daylight savings day. So I woke up super, super early because I'm a psycho insomniac and then it's all foggy it's just that it's the temperature of where I'm at. Okay. I promise. 
I will be on my fuck shit next episode. Don't worry. (laughs) I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) All right, y'all. I got to get out of (laughs) here. Please, please, please. uh, If you are deliberating on whether or not you should do a little deep bobbly Thanksgiving Thursday and Friday, wide open for y'all. That link down below. Join us. It's going to be dope. And also, also speaking of digital series and food and film coming together, uh, my digital series, Kandipa Texan, is going to be coming out very soon. So subscribe to the Identity Productions YouTube channel. Wait for that drop. And yeah, that's going to be a wild ride. Oh man, I'm so excited slash nervous. It's going to be great. All right, y'all. I am out of here. I'll talk to y'all next week. Goodbye.